about that um that new dating site that they're starting that's just ex- i mean you've heard about like farmersonly.com and mm-hmm. you know and all and plumbers plumbers find love.org and all that shit they're sure. starting they're starting one that's just for people with mommy and daddy issues did you hear about that <laughs> no <laughs> it's called edipal arrangements <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> ah, welcome, <laughs> boys and girls, to a fucking mini show. Halloween's forever. I'm Brian. I got a joke too. You just no, made... yeah. that yeah, was a yeah. good joke though. Don't give me that, don't, no, don't, no. That was pretty no, good. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to take away. I don't yeah. want to take away because that that one actually tickled me. But <laughs> when you when you said uh, about the plumbers only website, I was like, well, what about the gay plumbers who like docking? They go to pipemeat.com. <laughs> good that's good that's good big fish little fish you know how i love it um you know steve how i love sticking things in my urethra i mean everyone about (laughs) everyone knows that everyone knows me knows that um guys here we are for the uh very last Minnesota of July. We got an extra little Monday in July. Uh, so this is the 31st when this thing comes out. Um, so this is the last Minnesota before our August showdown episode. So we are going to talk a little bit about what that's going to entail. And we've got some movie picks, or in this instance, uh, specific scenes within movies. We'll talk about that in a hot damn sec. And also... We got some other fun things to talk about here. So let, let me get in front of myself. Don't rush me, guys. I didn't even get a beer in my bloodstream yet. Hold on. Let's do that first. What, let's let's talk about those beers. What do you got? I'm I'm chugging one down. And I got one on deck. What do you got, Steve? I'm back to nut beer. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Uh, it's cider, and then it's also goofass cider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It rules. <laughs> yeah. What so is it? I, Toasted marshmallows and gummy bears. Eh, fucking no. s'more cider. No, this is a little more mature. Mm. It's it is from uh, Reverend Nat's uh, Portland style hard cider. Okay, out of that there, Portland, Oregon. What does Portland style entail? It wears a beanie all year round or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, it vapes. Yep, does. yep. <laughs> <laughs> does a lot of vaping. Uh, but this is their flashbang cherry, mm-hmm. and it is. A dead stock cold brew coffee blended with sacrilege sour cherry and a hint of chili. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. That kind of sounds kind of interesting. What kind of cherry did you say? It's uh, it's just like their sacrilege sour cherry. So it's just like. Oh, that's the, another product of theirs. Some sort I assume. Of sour yeah. Sour cherry. It's not like a varietal of cherry. It's not like Montmorency cherries or something. Right. Yeah, I, su- I assume the cherries they use are just like Washington cherries or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, and it's pretty nice on the ingredients. It just it simply goes apple juice, cherry juice, coffee, yeast, spices, ghost chili pepper extract. Go- Ooh, so they went That's hard it. with it. But they didn't. I think they just eyedroppered the ghost pepper into it because it's interesting. You think ghost pepper, you immediately think like this is going to melt my dick off. Right. But it, yeah. it is it is so super tame. The only mm. thing I get is like a couple seconds, you know, after is just like the top of my mouth is just there's a little burning hint. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's after after the aftertaste is faded and everything, after the coffee clears the palate. There's just a little bit of heat on the roof of your mouth. A little tingle Otherwise, tingle. Yeah. But this is it's pretty good. It's yeah. not uh I don't know, the cherry flavor is a little bit lost because it's more dominated by cold brew coffee. Yeah, those are some aggressive flavors in there. Ooh, it's got a dramatic color to it too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I love when I see it and then you hold it up and then it's just clear. It looks like water because of the yeah. background. Yeah, it's a pre- it's a pretty dramatic colored some bitch over there. Yeah, I think I would much more enjoy just a line of coffee ciders now mm-hmm. that I think about it. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I could get down with that. My my uh, I have an apple tree out back, which I've made uh, assorted um, apple products from, but I have not made cider from. And I was thinking about this year trying to find somebody I can borrow a little little, you know, home cider press off of and uh, and actually making my idea. I've, I've fermented cider before, but not from my own mm-hmm. apples. I was thinking about doing that, but they're like small little some sort of little English cider apples. So they might work, you know, quite, quite nicely. But Oh, I do fuck with some cider. And guys, it is almost August, which means it's almost fall, which means it's fucking cider season. I mean, I saw you posted some pictures. There's already fucking pumpkin ales all over the shelves. I'm going to be mm-hmm. jamming those this weekend. I had a fucking day. I, w- I went to Vintage Estates. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's where the cider comes from. And then I saw mm-hmm. pumpkin ales there. And then I also picked up uh, the the new cherry smoked uh, Schlinkerla product. Oh, yeah. I so, saw some pickies. Yeah. So nice. I had a day the other day. <laughs> yeah, you just went what are you off, drinking? You? I'm going a little I'm going a little off the walls here too. going into the old cellar here. Ooh. I've got a bottle of uh, Tilkin Goose. This is their uh, old uh, Mirabelle uh, Tilkin Til- Tilkin rather, uh, which is their uh, 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 uses uh, Mirabelle plums. Mm. So, you know, they, they do, you know, different fruited uh, Lambic style beers. Um, and this is a bottle of 2020 uh, Mirabelle, which is, like I said, they're 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 plum goose. So it is uh, fucking intense. I love Tilkin. It's like, yeah, I was going to say, is it still intense after two years? And you were saying, yes. So yeah. it is. Well, Tilkin <laughs> definitely goes, you know, a lot of these like traditional for those of you who are fans of uh, of Lambic style beers, you know, Tilkin. Uh, 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 Dreyfontainen, a lot of these uh, like traditional Lambic style breweries have their own very distinct house character, especially Uh when it comes to their gooses because it's blended and they're trying to achieve that specific house character. And Tilkin, especially with some age on it, they can go real bready, real funky. Um, And this one is definitely no no exception. And plum is like relatively delicate compared to some of the other ones they do. Yeah. So the plum is coming across like extra tart and tannic, but it is Brett bomb. It is like compost, sweaty horse blanket, you know, hamster cage, <laughs> the whole nine <laughs> yards. Not uh, not aggressively sour, but it's got that like intense, like almost perfumey phenolic character to it. Um, it's, it's really a lot more delicate than I thought it was going to be because a lot of times a lot of plum, um, gooses and plum sour beers are like really aggressively sour. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty well balanced. It's definitely, you know, plenty tart, but it is just a real, real funky, bready some bitch, but, uh, it's really nice. I'm going to get back into the sour beers lately. I gotta try that. I, I've, I've rarely found like a, a plum beer that like. 
and most of the ones I've had are, are not like produced in Europe and anything like that. Like mm-hmm. it's just like some jackass threw plums in a fucking IPA or whatever. Right, right. And I'm just like, I don't get no plums on this. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> plum is plum is tough. Plum's a mm. tough tough fruit to brew with. This actually, think I think probably came from vintage. If I was going to guess, I'm not 100 sure. It's been in my um, it's been in the cellar for at least a couple of years. But thought it's a little bottle. We'll crack it. I got some big bottles. I need uh, n- n- next time you're over here, we'll have to crack a couple of them big bottles. I don't want to drink on my own because I've been hey. getting into them lambics, drinking that <laughs> cellar. Yeah, guys. All right. So uh, we got some stuff to do here. But before we do that, I want to remind Jins if you want to uh, help us choose these topics for our showdown episodes or just give us some suggestions for some mini so topics. If you just want to see some dang old spooky, ooky horse shit on intranets uh, or if you just want to say, hey, guys, what's up? Well, you, you know, I like the show or just like, hey, here's a fucking dumb movie you should watch. Follow us on the social medias at Halloween is forever on, uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok and um and Twitter and all that types of shit is uh, do. I got an important question, though. Do shit still be tight over on the threads? Oh, shit still be tight. Shit still be popping. And yeah. we're just about past. We're really close to past what our Twitter following is. Oh, nice. So, like, I'm I'm to the point where as soon as they have, like, a good functionality update the threads and, like, mm-hmm. add polls and add some other things to it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm off Twitter. Like, F- fuck Twitter. Fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah. Did they? I heard they were going to officially rebrand it as X. Yeah. Um, but uh, it hasn't happened as far as I'm as far as I know yet. It, like, they have the X logo on certain things, but also it still says Twitter. It's just like, ugh. like this <laughs> seems so half-assed. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, it's so half-assed. It's such a lazy rollout. Like the logo, people discovered the X in X is just like a universal Unicode that can't mm-hmm. be copyrighted or anything oh. because it's on every computer. And it's just like, what? What is this site? What does this site become? It's become like have the dumbest, most racist people pay <laughs> to be first. And then just like terrible takes on everything. It, yeah. It's all trash. I'm like, it I is off. just the, I went off the it ride. Is, <laughs> it is just dregs. It really truly is just mm-hmm. dregs at this point. Um, I do want to say this is completely apropos to nothing we're talking about, except for something Steve and I were talking about before we started recording. I have on in the background here. I'm watching for the first time uh, the the finishing up what I started last night, which is watching Creep Show three. And a scene just happened that is so fucking stupid. I can't believe it exists. There is a scene <laughs> with a guy who was just literally wearing like a uh, uh, like a mask from like the Halloween store, I'm pretty sure. And it was Pew's play. It's supposed to be like a fucking, I don't know, demon or something. This movie sucks. We should that do that sometimes. We should talk about uh, how fucking bad Creep Show 3 is. Um, anyway. I mean, it could yes, be a punishment f- film if you win. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's that echelon. Um, but yeah, guys, follow us on the social medias and do all those types of things if you want to, you know, g- g- see how tight shit be doing over on the threads. Um, also, if you want to uh, email us, uh, we we actually had a couple folks email us in recent uh, recent weeks here about some various things and stuff. You know how much I like things and stuff. Um, it's uh, Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. Also, pretty damn soon, meaning like by the time this comes out, 
we will have uh, released our first episode of our Patreon exclusive new podcast. Steve, tell them about this damn horse shit you're making me do. I watched the first movie. It was fucking terrible. We're about to record <laughs> the first episode of this bullshit here. Uh, to, yeah. Tell, tell them, tell them what, 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 what's, what's popping off on the, on the, on the Patreons. Well, look, you come over to <laughs> patreon.com. That's mm-hmm. slash Halloween is forever. Real easy to find. It's also on our link tree. It's everywhere. You can get there. You find it. You sign up. Mm-hmm. $3 tier. You're going to you're gonna guarantee yourself ad-free episodes. You get a little bit of bonus content here and there. That's all right. Mm-hmm. That's the rat. Now, is that the rascal tier? No, nah, it's a scamp tier. That's the scamp tier. That's a scamp tier. Yeah, yeah. The rascals. Scamp- that's a scamp tier. That's a scamp tier. <laughs> the rascals. You go on the Waskels, you pay yeah. $5, you become mm-hmm. a Waskel. Yeah. The Rascals, they get Family is Forever, the monthly <laughs> exclusive podcast where Brian and I will go entirely through the Fast and the Furious verse, <laughs> all 10, 11, 12 movies, however many there are. I don't like it. No, yeah. sir, I don't like it. <laughs> Brian don't like it. No. Nope. But we have recorded... You know, at the time you're listening to this, we have recorded and released the first episode of this. Mm-hmm. So jump on now and you can follow along every month. But then also you get uh, other fun things like you get to come on our discord and you can chat with us and we'll do watch along sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or you can chat with us while we record episodes. You can be the first to technically hear an episode mm-hmm. because you'll be watching it happen live. Yeah. Oh, and you can chat with us. And if you have something fun to say, we'll, you know, maybe bring it up. Yeah. I'll show you my tits. Yeah. You can see Brian's <laughs> tits or you can see his boo bucket. <laughs> That's true. You can see my various boo buckets. One of them fell down. <laughs> oh, two of them. No, one of them fell down. One of my masks fell down, too. Um, it's hot as fuck in this room. So I have the ceiling fan on and it knocks my shit off the wall. Um, in any case, guys, uh, I want to reiterate, I don't like this. I'm not enjoying it. We just did the first. We're about to record the first episode. I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie. It's the only one I've seen in the franchise, but it's been about 20 years. That movie fucking sucked. It was so stupid. (laughs) I am excited to talk about how fucking stupid it is, but I just want to reiterate that not like this. No amount of money is worth this, and you can keep your $5 to stick it up your ass, but if you want to... You can pay to hear us do this because we have committed to doing it and I am a, a glutton for punishment. So we're going to fucking do it. So family is forever. Ha, uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever and uh, and give us paper monies and you can listen to me, you know, I don't know, probably lay in traffic at some point. I will literally go to a street race and lay down in traffic. That being said, a couple other things we got to do. Um, as I mentioned, we got a showdown episode next week. For those of you who don't know what a showdown episode is, because you never listened to the podcast before, where the fuck you been? We've been doing this for like, you know, over two years at this point. Get your shit together. Get your fucking life together. Go over to patreon.com. Give us money. It's the only way you can make up for being such a shithead and not listening mm-hmm. to the podcast up until this point. But now that you're here, here's how it works. We boost spooky yuki shit on the internet. We put out that sweet, mm, savory, umami bomb of a content uh, every fucking Monday. Um, and the first Monday of the month, we do what's called a showdown episode where we get a guest on the podcast. Um, we pick a topic that comes from a whole bunch of topics um, on this big old spinning wheel that we draw from. We get three of them. We throw them on the social medias. Our social media friends and listeners vote. Then we get that topic. Once we have the topic, me, Steve, 
the guest each pick a movie or a tv episode or whatever the hell that topic is we pick our thing associated with that topic and then during the showdown episode here's what we do we hang the belt uh from a hook from a chain right in the middle of the uh of the of the ring uh we argue about it somebody tries to climb the ladder to get the belt get shoved off uh, I like to think of myself as the Razor Ramon of this scenario. Maybe Steve's the uh, heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. The guest is the referee. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but ultimately, somebody grabs that son of a bitch and strap, takes it home for that month. Uh, not coincidentally, your boy's the fucking champ right now. Um, so uh, that means a couple of things. To the victor go the spoils, as I always say. I get to uh, decide the order in which we announce our uh, our topics, our picks for this next showdown episode. That's one of the things I get to do. And that's what we're going to do right this damn old second. First of all, I, did we uh, did we talk about on the last episode who our uh, uh, guest is going to be for August? No, we hadn't talked about our guest yet, so we can announce that. Our all guest right. for August is going to be Anthony Del Vecchio of They Called This a Movie Podcast. Anthony Big Tone Dog, I Big think tone? he goes by. That's yeah, what people like to call absolutely. him. Big Tone Dog. He loves that. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, he was on our uh, Halloween Ends episode. So he's coming back and he's taking a shot at the belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll announce that what ballsy his... son of a bitch. I'll, I'll, I'll announce what his pick is as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think either of us would have picked it. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah, let, let me let me talk about what the what the topic is. Usually, it's mm-hmm. like a movie genre or something like that. Actually, last month it was uh, it was uh, a Nickelodeon Halloween, which was fun. We had Louis from the Haunted Hangover podcast on, and we each picked episodes from. They were all episodes from Nickelodeon TV shows. This is a little unique in that the topic that got selected by our social media friends was. Um, great scenes or or good scenes in bad movies right so a, a movie that is uh, objectively bad or panned or people don't like or rated poorly right that was kind of the a little bit of the ambiguity around it we said like okay if it has like a bad metacritic score bad rotten tomato score or like was a bomb at the box office or some combination of those things objectively a bad movie in, at least in in most people's eyes but has a really great scene in it we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that specific scene. We're going to watch the whole movies just to give us some, you know, context and that sort of thing. But this is the first time we've done a, a showdown topic that is about a particular scene, which I think is going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think that's part of the showdown is you have to, like, kind of provide the bona fides of why you're watching, you know, doo doo. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to prove why it's bad and then, yeah. you know, uh, present your scene as why that scene also rules. So, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have I have I don't have one singular one. I have three mm. that I'm prepared to pick okay. from two are like really probably what I'm going to pick from one's like a dark horse that if like the, the mood strikes me, perhaps I might pick. But I think I'm going to take a little different approach here because I don't have one that I'm like desperate to snag. So I'm going to say, Steve, I want you uh, to go ahead and, and you can announce our our, our guests first, okay. uh, because I think that that will be, you know, he's he's obviously not here to to pivot either. And you right. know what it is. So you obviously haven't picked that. So it really doesn't matter. Um, but you tell us what his are. Then you pick and then I'll I'll bring up the rear. OK, interesting, yeah. interesting tactic. But be I, a little back, be a little be a little backdoor boy. 
Okay. I get That's you. what I like to call it. <laughs> so uh, our guest, Anthony, he has decided to go with, he wants to focus on the Father's Day story in the anthology film Holidays. Okay. So he, he didn't, uh, he can probably narrow it down more to a scene when we get into the episode, but he was okay. definitely, he was definitely adamant about like, it's in the Father's Day section. I haven't seen that movie. So okay. I don't, I don't exactly, maybe like, I don't know how long that scene is or that mm-hmm. section is. It, maybe it is just a scene kind of like the, uh, how some of the ABCs of death films, some of those anthologies, like those that some of those films in that anthology were like, you know, super short and other ones were you know longer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, yeah. but that's what he wants to focus on. And I didn't think either of us were going to pick that because I don't know holidays and you've never spoken about it. So. No, I have, I feel like I've seen it, but it is definitely one of those ones that, um, okay. So is it, which, which holidays is, is this the 2016? That's why I imagine the one that like, I guess Kevin Smith has a segment on as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's I have what... not, I have not seen this one. Okay. Yeah. No, yes, I have. Cause this oh. is the one with the, with the creepy ass. Uh, yeah, you've seen it too. Cause we talked about this, the one with the creepy, uh, 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 a rabbit for the Easter one that's like, you know, is like, uh, he's like a creepy rabbit head with a human body and he's got like the wound in his side, like Jesus and all that. You remember mm. that? No. I, I, we've, maybe you haven't seen it, but we've talked about it on the show briefly. Maybe around uh, Easter time. Yeah. Maybe we talked about it. I don't remember it. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember the Father's Day one either, but I do remember that that is kind of a fun. Fun little movie. So, all right, the Father's Day section in holidays. So that from 2016. All right, so that's Anthony's. What are you, you going to go with there? So I just want to preface that I I had a hard <laughs> time with do this, actually. Weird. You can no, do I'm not going to do anything weird. I just all want right, to preface right. that I had a hard time with this and that mm-hmm. I actually took myself down some dark roads. <laughs> and those dark roads actually led me to a punishment film. Okay. That like, you put in the back pocket? Yeah. So, like, I found a film that, like, I think was wiped from the collective conscience mm-hmm. in my search for a good scene. And But, like, yeah. now I have, like, a super weapon in my back pocket. So, <laughs> just be aware of that. Okay. Um, I've been intrigued. But kind of like you, I had, I had more than one choice, but I had one I was pretty desperate to get. But I'm glad you mm-hmm. gave it to me. So, I'm going to take it. Okay. Uh, maximum Overdrive. Okay. Yeah. I and, I love that movie, by the way. So do Stephen, I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen King's uh, one and only uh, directorial uh, uh, feature. Yeah. Look, I love that movie. I loved it growing up. I rewatched it. It is a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it oh is, yeah. I mean, it's bad, but yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, it's it like it's fundamentally bad, but it's really fun. And then, so the scene I'm going to pick is probably like the penultimate scene uh before they make you know if you've seen the film you know like at the end everybody who's trapped in a diner by these trucks possessed by aliens behind a comet it's the fucking mm-hmm. craziest shit in the world but got the green kinda, one of them's got the green goblin on the front yeah and so like yeah. the, the final scene is they blow up the green goblin truck and they escape i'm doing the scene right before that which is where the trucks go absolutely apeshit and destroy everything around them and mm-hmm. it 
fucking rules so hard. It is basically a monster truck fucking destruction derby. It is awesome. There's no better scene. And this is a movie that's full of these scenes. Like I had, oh, yeah. I actually had a hard time because there's like a scene where a steamroller runs over a kid. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's kind of hard. That goes pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of scenes that go pretty hard in this. First of all, you get an Emilio Estevez, which everyone loves an Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this is the scene that famously Stephen King has made comments, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he like barely remembers the shooting of this because he was so just in such a coke delirium yeah. um, that that he barely remembers like what happened during this movie. Uh, and it is absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, it's really fun. I personally, this is not exciting at all, but I have a real fun time with the scene where the trucks are like forcing them to refuel them up i always thought yeah. that was really funny it's, it's such it's such a bizarre <laughs> montage but also and the other thing is like the but entire it's like a we're having fun like like we're working at the car wash or yeah. something yeah. yeah it's a it's a we're working at the car wash type scene and that's partially aided by the fact that all of the music in this film is acdc oh yeah they were like, the they were the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The entire soundtrack is ACDC, which is, again, coked up Stephen King like I'm going to make my entire soundtrack ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like so he was just on a fucking rager. Um, yeah, this movie. So I, I like this movie. I um, I understand that it like was a box office bomb and was like panned. And mm-hmm. even Stephen, uh, even Stephen King himself was like, I think still probably to this day is like embarrassed of the movie, which is, uh, you know, it's it's fun. It's fucking bonkers. Right. Yeah. But, um, that's that's a good one, though. I like that. Um, OK, boy, those are two very different movies. And I have two here that I'm going to choose from that are very different as well. Oh, shit, shit, shit. I am torn. I almost want to flip a coin here. I am going to pick because I haven't picked it in a long time. I'll tell you the one I was going to pick. All right. Okay. And I'm not going to pick this. I was going to pick and this is a little too on brand and I want to switch it up. I was going to pick a little flick from the year of our Lord, 1989 called Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers. <laughs> Hear me out. That movie's dog shit. Like it yeah, is considered yeah. to be like the worst movie in the franchise. Yeah. But the scene where Jamie gets stuck in the laundry chute okay. and Michael is stabbing into the laundry chute. Yeah. 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 Is yeah. fucking awesome. It's yeah. awesome. But that's not what I'm going to pick. Okay. I am going to go uh, out of left field here. I'm just feeling uh, just cocky. Right. I just been carrying this belt around for five weeks I'm going with a movie from 2008 Ooh. from a little director uh, named M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, I'm going to pick The Happening. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm going to pick the scene in Central Park, the first scene in Central Park. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know I know. Yeah. OK, yeah. so for people who don't. Who's never seen this movie? There's a couple scenes in this movie. So this scene is is or this movie is is known for being um, notoriously bad. I watched this in the theaters. I went and paid money for this theater. I actually, was on a date. I'm sorry uh, when I went on this went on a date. Uh, the the, the I, I, this girl we we dated briefly. All right. So Obviously, don't you took bad. her to see the happening. <laughs> she did not like it. She did not like it. 
I liked it. I didn't love it, but I mm-hmm. remember going like, oh, that was kind of fun. All right. That was kind of fun. She was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I said, didn't didn't work out, didn't pan out. Um, but people hate this movie stars uh, Mr. Uh, Marky Wahlberg um, <laughs> and uh, Zoe Deschanel in very weird performances. But mm-hmm. there are a couple really effective scenes in this movie. And that particular one does not have Mark Wahlberg in it. <laughs> It doesn't have either of those people (laughs) in it, I don't believe, which is great. So um, that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the happening 2008, the uh, the Central Park scene um, early in the movie. And if you haven't seen it before, watch it and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So. All right. Once again, here's our bad movies with good scenes. Uh, I'm going with the happening 2008, specifically the Central Park scene early in the movie. Steve's going maximum overdrive. Uh, uh, trucks uh, wiling out um, and then uh, th- towards the end of the movie and then Anthony who's going to be our guest um, from uh, uh, they call this a movie is going to do the the Father's Day scene from Holidays 2016 holy shit that's that is a diverse uh, list there so I'm excited yeah. excited about that I don't know what's what year's maximum overdrive like 87 or something like that yeah it's uh, like, yeah it's 86 87 it's funny because like I I had already decided on the pick and then like I guess it was released like last week like you know 20 30 years whatever ago it was, oh like it 20 was, oh, okay gotcha yeah, yeah yeah so it was like an it was like an anniversary you know, last week for that film and people were posting all about it and I was like this is a sign <laughs> I don't know why, but maybe sometime in the last year or two, I was at my parents' house mm-hmm. for some reason, and was we were there for whatever. And Maximum Overdrive was on TV, mm-hmm. and uh, and I sat there and watched Maximum Overdrive with my dad. He was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "Shut your goddamn mouth! You sit and you watch it." And, uh, and shut he, up, Boomer. He did. He thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, uh, guys. So that's gonna be our showdown episode for next month. Before we move on, do you want to hear what my on-brand pick was going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That my backup, my backup was going to be the uh, sleeping bag scene in Jason X. Sleeping? Oh, oh, wait, sleeping bag scene in Jason X. Remember? Why, why can't I remember the sleeping bag scene? Oh, that, is that the one that they just redid? They just kind of redid the sleep. Uh, no, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah more or less. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. Jason X. They're on the ship, and they yeah. bring up the holographic. Uh, Camp Crystal oh, Lake. Oh, yeah. And there's the two girls who are like, do you want to do like, drugs and pre- pre- <laughs> premarital, pre-marital sex? sex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's a hard cut to him just smashing one. Smashing in- them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is obviously an homage to what, what, which one did they do? He did the sleeping bag game. Was that, that wasn't part six, which was I think the one they did that. Uh, isn't it? I, f- I feel like that's like two or three, isn't it? I think it's. No. Th- no. Two sackhead Jason and three is like uh that's three D weird shoulder neck Jason. Um, it must be four yeah. then. It must be four. It might be four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. I can't maybe five. That's even. a very famous, very famous scene in the franchise. Um yeah, it's it's either I don't even think it's four. I think it's five or six. It's not six, because six six is yeah. Anyway. Um yeah, the, uh, my, I am I'll tell you what my other one was as well. Uh this movie sucks so hard. Honestly, the reason I didn't pick it is like it's cool. The scene's cool, but the movie's so unbearable. It is. Um, have you ever seen Cursed from 2005? Um, is it a werewolf? Yes, 
it's the werewolf movie that was uh um uh oh my god why 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 am i blanking on um on uh his his name uh uh west craven so west craven directed it yeah, and yeah famously yeah, yeah. it was uh it was a miramax film and famously the weinsteins like gutted this fucking movie like they uh, made him do like they made him do like literally three rounds of reshoots mm. and then they butchered it in the cutting room and then ended up releasing it as pg-13 a wes craven movie as that's PG-13. right yeah came um, out and the, the movie's fucking horrible but there's one really cool scene where um one character is like being stalked in a in a parking garage by by a werewolf mm-hmm. and it's the only time they actually kept some of the practical effects in there and there's one particular part of that scene where she's stuck in an uh, 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 an elevator that's like between floors and it's really cool um mm. the rest of the movie is absolute giant just fucking <laughs> horse doo-doo just turns um yeah but uh but yeah i wasn't going harvey i wasn't doing another weinstein fucking movie we've we've seen how those those perform in the in the showdowns in the past so all right now we got that out of the way we got the beers is out of the way let's get into this movie we're going to talk about a movie, uh, kind of an off the wall pick here. This is one I've been meaning to watch. It came up on Shutter, and people have been talking about it, and I've never even heard of it until just in the last few, maybe two weeks max, when it's come up on Shutter and people started talking about how bonkers this movie is. Mm-hmm. I think this is my speculation, not knowing a tremendous amount about it. This is the type of movie that really um, suffers from the old shitty title syndrome that we've talked about so often it's called death game which is not a bad title it's just so vanilla i mean there's like a hundred movies that sound so much like that um it is from 1977 and it is a grindhouse release uh so you know you're getting into some bonkers ass shit it is also a like for as far as i know a pretty unknown director a guy named peter s trainer um who has two directing credits he directed another movie in 85 uh called evil town which has a pretty (laughs) sick cover i'm not gonna lie and i'm probably gonna watch it uh and then he produced a couple other things and i've literally not heard of any of them so uh you know certainly not a a very storied career and uh you know there's a couple Like there's a couple people that maybe possibly would know in it, but it's it's like a pretty under the radar flick. And uh, um, I'm excited to talk about it because it's weird as fuck. Yeah. Even even trainers, other films that he produced, like all the titles are so in that realm of like just bland throwing something just throwing something into a theater that you imagine it just goes right into a smoky theater. It doesn't like Mm -hmm. there's no editing. It just appears in a smoky theater. But like. It's like Black Fist, The Ultimate Thrill, <laughs> Truck Stop Women, Steel Arena. Like none of that makes <laughs> like none of that pops, but it just yeah. goes on the marquee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's literally like as soon as he makes it, the like the the real like the the can that the real goes into is sticky already. <laughs> um, 
So it, it he so it's it's very small cast. Um, there there's two people in it that you might notice uh, or you might know. Uh, Sandra Locke, you probably would recognize. She's been in uh, uh, quite a few things. Uh, she's acted in like 30 movies. She's directed apparently as well, which I didn't realize. Um, but she is in uh, Every Which Way But Loose, uh, Sudden Impact, uh, which is obviously a a, a, a Dirty Harry flick uh you know that's that that is was that the first dirty harry movie or was the first sudden, dirty harry movie called dirty harry uh no i, I think sudden i think sudden impact is first yeah yeah i thought so too i i i'm not a huge clint eastwood guy once he gets out of the uh, uh the the western genre speaking of the western genre she's also in the outlaw josie wales so um she she's a pretty recognizable face from from you know specifically like 70s and, and early 80s movies um and then uh, you also have uh, the other kind of antagonist here is Colleen Camp, which I recognized her name, uh, but I couldn't kind of place her in anything. Uh, but she is the and I was like, I know who she is. She is. I've seen her in things. Um, and then I remembered she is Yvette, the uh, the maid in Clue. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I knew yeah. her from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's also in Wayne's World. She plays like a smaller thing. Wayne's World. She's in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like she's got, um, she's got a really lengthy career. She's been in 158 credits on IMDb. You know, was in things as as recently as as last year. So she's got a really really long um, uh, 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 history and like I said, is in a ton of things. Um, they are kind of the antagonists in the movie. They play um, ja- uh, 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 Jackson, which is apparently her last name. She's credited in the, or, I mean, the character in here in IMDb is Agatha Jackson, but she just goes by Jackson in the movie. And then Donna. And then the other, you know, character, which is pretty much the, the three that are in 99% of the movie uh, is George, uh, played by Seymour Castle, who, you know, you'll know from again, from from a bunch of things. He uh, the the first thing that I remembered him in is uh, see Sam Catchum in Dick Tracy. Um, so if you're a if you're a Dick, Dick Tracy fan like I am, <laughs> um, you'll like it. he's also in Life Aquatic. He's in Rushmore. He's he's he has two hundred and nineteen credits uh, on IMDb. So like you will absolutely recognize him. He's been in a bajillion things. Um, and then uh, Donna, you'll definitely recognize her. She's been in a lot of things, albeit in smaller parts. And then, um, like I said, uh, the one, the the woman who plays Jackson, Sandra Locke, um, she's actually in a few things as well. Although I didn't immediately recognize her. So, and th- like I said, that's pretty much the cast. I mean, there's a couple other people that play really small roles, but um, that's that's pretty much it. I just wanted to fact check myself real quick, just because I've been I've just been spouting off crazy bullshit. One, the sleeping yeah. bag kill is from Jason Seven. And seven, okay. And Sudden Impact is the fourth movie in Dirty Harry. It goes Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact. Okay, yeah, I I have I think only seen Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, my I think I mentioned it. My grandfather was a was a big Charles Bronson guy. Yeah, and pretty much any like revenge, um, vigilante. I'm just gonna shoot 
bad guys or even just people <laughs> who look different than me. Like that was pretty much the genre <laughs> that my grandfather was related to, which then obviously bled into the Dirty Harry movie. So I would see bits and pieces of the Dirty Harry movies, you know, at mm-hmm. his house or on VHS or whatever, along with the 900, you know, uh, Death Wish movies. Um, but I, I can't say I've ever sat down and watched any of the Dirty Harry movies. But yeah, which is which is interesting because the whole time I was watching this movie, I was I wasn't terribly impressed uh, with Seymour Castle's portrayal of George no, Manning. He feels like he phoned this one in a little bit, a little bit, or just was confused about what was going on. Uh, <laughs> Could be. But I was just watching. And I was like, man, what if this was Charles Bronson? Because he has a little bit of the Charles Bronson mop top and mustache. And I was like, well, this would be yes, wild he- if it was Charles Bronson. <laughs> Well, this is the thing is you could never believe it that it was Charles Bronson because Charles Bronson would just would just be would literally just whip both her asses so mm-hmm. fast. Um, this the, the reason why him playing George in this movie made sense is because he's like kind of a little squirrely guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he weighs about 130 pounds soaking wet. Like it feels cons- it feels reasonable that two women, which they say in this movie, they're. 15 and 17 mm-hmm. i looked it up the the donna the actress who played donna was i think 25 and in 1977 and the one who played jackson was like in her early 30s i want to say but they go they say there's 15 and 17 they they look like grown women right um, but yeah like you can conceivably see that like two you know relatively you know petite well one of them very much is jackson she's very petite and then uh donna is i guess a little bit like more formidable but it makes like you could believe that they would like could beat his ass yeah (laughs) they could possibly overpower him charles bronson no it ain't gonna happen charles bronson's gonna be breaking fucking arms right hey you dingy broads get your hands (laughs) off me punch (laughs) (laughs) double punch yeah. at the same time <laughs> um but anyway so let's get in this movie because it is fucking batshit and i uh, spoiler alert i really enjoyed it oh same i don't yeah. know this movie yeah, rules like this is a great fucking 1977 grindhouse feature mm-hmm. like if that's what you're in the mood for watch this you're gonna fucking love it it's bonkers there's like it's just you can imagine walking into a gross sticky ass theater oh yeah filled with smoke and like there might be somebody jerking off you know what i mean like you can imagine this <laughs> might would, be. That would be a great might be 100 yeah, no, people jerking off yeah yeah because there are like full sections that are like softcore porn segments in this um i really uh i don't know uh, not that need to promote their podcast there because they're fucking you know wildly famous but quentin tarantino's podcast which i i have come to like a lot this feels like something he would cover on that podcast uh, um, yeah. almost guarantee it yeah i mean i love anything with the grindhouse releasing title card that fucking music at the beginning it's so cool um and it based on a true story love that such a such a <laughs> grindhouse fucking low you know kind of low rent move um But uh, so this is set in San Francisco or in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, 1975. Um, You get this intro with this really creepy, like, first of all, a long zoom in on like a still shot of San Francisco. There's a lot of like stock footage of San Francisco in this movie. Yeah. And some and some scenes of them driving around the city. Um, But then you get this creepy like what? 
what I can only describe as like a creepy ragtime kids song, but yeah. also British <laughs> about dad and like talking about good old dad always going to take care of me kind of thing. And like with a bunch of kids drawings, it's really off putting and weird right from the fucking beginning. Um, and it starts with George, who's kind of the I guess the protagonist, but he, like he's a shit bag, too. So like you don't really feel for him at all because first of all he's like this extremely wealthy you don't know what he does um but he's this extremely wealthy middle-aged guy with like this little like uh, you know ratty little mustache and he's but he's got this like extremely fancy elaborate mansion you know fancy cars like he's obviously very wealthy and it's just him having like a fun time with with his wife whose name's karen and they're playing crochet or not or croquet, croquet. what's it called Cro- not crochet croquet croquet not crochet crochet is the thing you that's do with like fucking yarn that's knitting uh, croquet i wrote crochet on here that's oh, okay um, <laughs> he's playing crochet what the He's hell are you talking crochet. about? Hi, Brian. God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's playing croquet, guys. Come on. Whatever the game they play in uh, in Alice in Wonderland. They're yeah. playing that. But that, um, that's how you know he's wealthy and white is like that's yes. only wealthy white people have the yard to play croquet in. And yeah. just yeah, it's yeah. And then they're, they're like, you know, going to fuck, I guess. But then they get a phone call and their kids like appendix ruptured or something. I don't know. So his wife has to fly out suddenly because his kids are spending time with their grandparents out of town. She's got to go attend, you know, tend to that. So so Karen flies off, you know, to deal with the appendix business. And George is like, I'll hold down the fort immediately order some pizzas, crack some brews, starts fucking raging. Um, this is how rich George is. He has like an old time phone from the 30s. So like, you know, that's like that is some that is some straight up rich people shit. Um, and you see someone's like creeping out around George's house in the storm. Um, and uh, these two creepy young girls show up asking George, you know, where the Gregory's live. Right. And he's like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Like I said, he's just pounding, you know, pizza and beers, hanging out, having a good old time. His kids appendix burst. So he's taking this as an opportunity to have a sweet bachelor weekend. Um, he says, uh, you know, they say, can we come and use your phone? You know, the old, can we stay until our ride comes before you know it, you get introduced to Jackson and Donna and they're getting real flirty. Right. And George is like, he, he's trying to play it straight, but he's definitely playing into the whole thing. He's like, we got to get you some towels, girls. You're really <laughs> wet. You know, it's like yeah. he's he's being a real creep. He's being a creep. It's at this point I started thinking. I because I, I've never heard of this movie and I had never seen it, obviously, before mm-hmm. I started thinking, I was like, does Eli Roth need to get sued? Because. <laughs> It's when Donna and Jackson show up in the rain. I was like, mm-hmm. this is really similar to that movie, Knock Knock. And I was mm-hmm. like, does Eli Roth need to get sued? But then I looked it up. Knock Knock is just actually a remake of this movie. <laughs> yeah, so I did look that up. Yeah, so I was like, this is such a familiar trope. Um, and and this just feels so Quentin Tarantino, Eli Roth, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so, yeah, I did look up that that was essentially a, a remake of it. But and then I didn't I didn't know, but it goes even further in that. Like, so Colleen Camp, who plays Donna in Death Game, she also has mm-hmm. a screenwriting credit um, for the movie. 
Uh, mm. But then in Knock Knock, she has like a cameo appearance. Uh, you, oh, okay. You won't really recognize her because like she's older now. And then mm-hmm. she also is like a producer on that film as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like there, it, I didn't know how deep it ran because like I've never I had never heard of Death Game before. But like I saw Knock Knock and just like upfront, I don't like that movie. I, I don't. I- I mean, I remember seeing it because, like, I definitely went through a, you know, Eli Roth phase mm-hmm. where I went and watched a bunch of his movies and stuff. I, I couldn't tell you much about it besides just, like, the, the general yeah. plot yeah. summary. But it, it's, um, it, it's but it's the same as this film in that, like, yeah. two women show up. And in that movie, it's Keanu Reeves is in the George role and mm-hmm. uh, Anna de Armas is one of the women. And just, like, that. I don't know, that movie just, it doesn't. It, it doesn't hold up to this one because this one, as we'll get into, you'll see like just how fucking bizarre this movie gets. But like, mm-hmm. it's funny because that film in it, Keanu Reeves, the way he gets his money is he's an architect designer mm-hmm. and he designs mostly of those mid-century modern fucking sterile ass houses that everybody's in love with. And it's just funny because that film feels far more sterile like a mid-century modern compared to like the weird (laughs) opulence in this film with the way george it has like you know 15 fucking different stereos that all have a different purpose and the giant aquarium Mm -hmm. in the middle that's also a coffee table like just like the the wealth is insane in this film whereas like everything in that film feels pared down and is more sterile and it's just like eh and the performances are even blander and just so like yeah i don't like knock knock but then rewatching this film i was like or not rewatching but watching this film i was like oh i get why he wanted to remake it because this film is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah it's like in in this case like george's performance is like pretty lackluster in this movie but serves to like by contrast make the girls performance even more unhinged Mm -hmm. because it is like i mean obviously they steal the show they're like the whole movie but um it's just it's it's just kind of bonkers and but i could see why you would cast somebody like keanu reeves in this but i also like the idea that like george is like kind of oh looks like a little frog man (laughs) like he's not he's not an attractive guy like he's not what you would call an attractive guy no you know what i mean he's not he's not leading manager he's not keanu reeves attractive yeah he's not george hamilton in the 70s is you know he's he's just kind of like he's just a little weird mop top kind of you know (laughs) middle-aged dude he's not you know no one no one is horny no one is horny for george (laughs) No, except for Donna, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> she's she's bonkers. Um, so yeah, it's it's his. Coincidentally, it's his fortieth birthday. Like they're giving off real like Manson family, like flirty fishing type vibes mm-hmm. um, from from the you know right from the beginning. And then before you know it, they're like, can we go, you know, see the bathroom? Yeah, sure. Like he's kind of like relishing and showing off his wealth a little bit, right? Um. And uh, and and everything, like you said, it's like really tacky, over the top wealth. Um, and uh, so, like, how, how do you have a third? Listen, I'm not an interior designer, but how do you have like a 30s era phone and like all this like Victorian looking like crown molding? But then you have a coffee table that's a fish tank. Yeah. Like, like unless you're a Coke dealer, like <laughs> which they don't establish he's not. But he kind of gives you like. Mm, 
I would say like movie or record executive vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what you picture him as. Um, but he his style is uh, uh, I'm a Coke dealer who just got money in the last five years and have has terrible taste. Right. I mean, again, it's back to like the opulence of today. Everybody has everything that matches and everything is like mm-hmm. clean lines and but, but like that. And yeah. this is just obvious that like George is new money. He bought mm-hmm. a mansion that it's like I think the mansion itself is like one of those Teutonic uh you know kind of old style mansions yeah very tudor style yeah, yeah. like um yeah and and then like the, the inside is victorian you know molding and everything and then he has the fish tank and just like it's just him buying things that he thinks are neat <laughs> yeah like a big giant jacuzzi tub right. like it's tony it's borderline tony montana yeah yeah that's exactly shit, what know? it is yeah he just saw yeah. things that he thinks is cool which is how i would behave if i was rich oh yeah i'd have I, i'd have a fucking pet alligator like just dumb yeah. shit you know yeah. just like white trash with money all of a sudden yeah you know? absolutely that's exactly what it feels like <laughs> and i connected with it <laughs> <laughs> and that's why george is uh i think my father um but so before you know it, the girls are nude in the jacuzzi. They start like pulling George's wiener out and like really coming on strong. And George is just like he's he's you know, I think the way they perceive it, it's like weird. It's it's like there's a lot of things in this movie that are like problematic, but not in a like not problematic like Weinstein problematic. It's just this is a grindhouse fucking feature. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's most it's meant to be sleazy, but the way they kind of portrayed as like george was powerless like he's being victimized you know what right kind of but you know two beautiful you know young women come on to you you what are you gonna do you know what i mean um but uh it's weird because the it turns into just straight like a softcore porn scene yeah but it starts out as like the lifestyles the rich and famous music almost like when they're first starting to like you know uh kiss all over them and be naked and shit um, and then it's that type of softcore porn where obviously you're not seeing like penetration or anything, but you're also not really seeing anything that even resembles human sex. Right. You're just seeing like people like like kiss naked with their eyes closed and then like rub each other and themselves with their hands. So. <laughs> It's so weird. My my note on this is I don't know what I'm looking at, but I know I'm bricked up. <laughs> I don't know what I know I don't know what this is, but I know what I like. Yeah, I like this. It's just, it, it's, um, it's pretty fantastic as far because again, like you're saying that the soundtrack starts a little classy, but then quickly mm-hmm. descends into that bow chicka wow wow, you know, classic seventies yeah, yeah. porn music. And then mm-hmm. the the editing on this is everything is kind of faded and overlapped over top of each other. So like you're seeing exactly, a bunch yeah. of, you're seeing a bunch of skin on top of other skin on top. Hands. Yeah. Tits moaning. Just a lot of moaning. Yeah. Which like, it's kind of masterful in a way because mm. you see like the, there was one shot that stuck out to me. Like it, it's just like the crease that happens like, you know, in the side when you bend at the side and you see mm-hmm. you you see the crease and like Donna's side and George's hands rubbing over it and it's like I don't know that, that could be a vagina maybe 
<laughs> yeah, it's it is basically what they did was whoever edited this has edited softcore porn before Absolutely. and knows how to make things um resemble sex but cannot be pointed at as that sex, mm-hmm. you know. I I, I want to jump back uh before the scene just quickly. There was a there mm-hmm. was a shot I actually really like. Um it's when it's kind of like in the beginning when Jackson goes off to the bathroom on her own and leaves Donna and George together mm-hmm. in the living room. There's just like a really nice shot of George and Donna in a two shot and then they're separated by a lamp and George is looking straight on at Donna and Donna is looking at us, the audience. And mm-hmm. it like it's just kind of a nice shot that sets up the dynamic and that you already know. George is, you know, attracted to her and is like being a pervert and she is not necessarily giving off any vibes per se. Uh, And then the lamp also kind of looks like a boner. But (laughs) (laughs) but then uh, she crosses the plane and breaks the breaks the plane of the lamp. And then you Uh, it's kind of like a signal of like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, now it's going to get now we're going down getting downtown yeah 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 the flirting's over now we're now we're now we're playing the music Mm -hmm. now the 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 uh the cinematography and the lighting in this movie are great yeah it's so um i it's really well shot it's really it looks fantastic and like i said the lighting it just sets such a great mood of the like comfy cozy they're getting comfortable with each other and then it's sexy and then later on you know fucking bizarre and creepy and surreal um so it's just it's a well shot movie it's a well lit movie for sure after like a really really extended long softcore bone session in the hot tub um for like really for a long time like that that is like the hallmark of a of of like a real grindhouse movie when it's like we're gonna we're gonna do this for about four times longer than we need to because again people came here to to jack off Mm -hmm. some people came here to jerk off (laughs) yeah you know and we need to accommodate that section of the audience that's here to jerk off yeah and and that's like a hallmark of like every grindhouse film is there's a lot of padding that happens in grindhouse films and so like yeah you have a lot of padding of kind of boring but then you have padding well we can talk about a boring padding scene later on but like there is a couple boring ones yeah, yeah but there you have the padding of like this scene, the sex scene goes on forever. Uh, mm-hmm. But then also, if you think about even just Tarantino's interpretation of a grindhouse film with uh, with a uh, death proof. Yeah, that that the lap dance scene and all that. Yeah, yeah, the lap dance scene. But then the car race scene goes on for fucking ever as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. he he's he's just making these incredibly long scenes of of. What what would you call it? Just gratuitous. Gratuitous is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think so. Um. The the thing that Tarantino does so well that makes it not boring is he always picks fucking banger tracks to put over them, <laughs> and the, and this movie doesn't, so it just gets boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, that's the difference between doing a grindhouse movie with a giant budget right. or no budget. You know? Right. <laughs> it's different. It's kind of yeah, yeah. But um. Anyway, after the whole, you know, bone session uh, happens and and George apparently just passes out from, you know, uh, uh, a lustful exhaustion, I guess. 
um, you you get this because you you still don't know at this point what the girl's intentions are. You don't know what they're do, doing, what they're there for. Like you said, you're definitely getting these kind of Manson family vibes, but you're not necessarily, oh my God. God, I'm watching Creep Show three, and this is a punishment movie. I'm sorry. Um, I just saw maybe the worst CGI I've ever seen in a movie. Sick. Um, so I'm just going to put that in my back pocket. Um, so you get this candid conversation with Donna telling Jackson that she might be in love with George, and it's very. She's saying saying it in a very um, uh, earnest way, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really really weird. Um, and, and at this point, you're like, OK, what wh- why are they here? You know, are they trying to blackmail him? Are they trying to grift him in some way? Are they just like crazy, you know, co- like if this movie was called like Nympho Coed Rampage or something <laughs> like it would make people would probably know more about it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but but they they don't, you know, because it has a terrible title. But that that's kind of what you're getting the feeling of is, is are they just crazy serial killers or what's going to happen? You, you don't know. Um, but this is like a weird, like very earnest conversation that happens that kind of throws you off. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe they aren't the antagonist because I didn't know anything about this movie. George wakes up and the girls are making breakfast. And then this has that part, that thing that. Um, I like I find a lot of Asian horror does really well, but it's this idea of like the early part of the 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 thing that makes you uncomfortable, like for lack of a better term, the horror part of the first part of this movie, or at least this like 15 minute section is the like the social horror, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the awkwardness yeah. of like George woke up. He's like, damn, I uh, shouldn't have done these things that I did. Now these girls are here. I got to get them the fuck out of my house. They won't leave. They're acting really bizarre. Are they crazy? You know what I mean? Like, should I be kick them out? Like they kind of, you know, it, it's just it's it's that kind of so like social horror almost that happens. Um, and they say, uh, you know, their ride never showed up the night before. They've got all these like sketchy excuses for what's happening. Right. Um, but yeah, Donna is getting real clingy. All, all the time, by the way. Um, so she she's, uh, you know, big old swinging dick George. You know, he isn't having it, um, which, again, like I should reiterate, George looks like a fucking salamander with a mustache. <laughs> um, and the and these girls look like models. And he's like, you got to get the fuck out of my house. You know, the girls are just this is when they start to become kind of like unhinged, like at the breakfast table. They're eating like animals, you know, yeah. and and uh and they talk about how they're homeless and they're they're you know living on the road but then they mention that they have a home the night before so you really don't know what to believe um yeah the whole time they're eating they're just acting super bizarre and like laughing like almost like little kids yeah over like stuff that isn't funny and they're just doing this like unhinged cackling and george is just like ripping cigs the whole time while they're like playing with their food and eventually George like snaps and goes, you have the manners of an alley cat, <laughs> which is like such a fucking sick burn. Um, and then she goes, fuck you, Mac. Yeah. She's <laughs> a great comeback. Which is such an of the time comeback too. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, JKL, LOL, you know, we were just kidding. So like it kind of cuts the tension a little bit, but. Yeah. Like it's in this scene. It, it gets more progressive, like their behavior. 
which is mm-hmm. why it's because like it starts with him cooking breakfast and George is like, OK, I'll let him cook breakfast. Like it, it's just yeah. like small concessions on his part of like, right. All right. I'll just wait them out and then get rid of them. And like, you know, he's at breakfast, like you said, just ripping cigs. But you can tell it's like an inpatient smoking. He's like, get yes, this he's over very with. nervous. Yeah, yeah. Get this over with. I want to get on with my day. And then like, but they are just like you're saying, they're being obnoxious. They're laughing. They're eating. And like, even the food they cooked looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And so like, they don't know how to cook. They don't know what they're doing. They're just being obnoxious. They're eating with their hands. And like, I have it written down as gummo breakfast. If you remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that kid's name? who directed that fucking movie. He directed uh, Harmony Corinne. Too. Harmony Corinne. Yeah. 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 That's that's pretty much what they're doing. They're just like being gross, being and they like laugh and and they're behaving like children. Like you look at them, you're like, oh, these people, these two women are in their like late 20s, early 30s, you would guess. Mm-hmm. But they're acting like like they're like 12, you right. know, which is which which makes the whole like obviously rendezvous that happened the night before like even weirder and uncomfortable more uncomfortable than it already was so like you know everything is being seen through like the harsh light of day now um but they're just acting really really bizarre and then george eventually gets loud with them and just basically says you got to get out of my fucking house blah 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 and he like chases uh uh donna like upstairs and basically says like you got to get the fuck out get your shit and get the fuck out of here um and then you get this extended shot of like ketchup spilling, like a bottle of ketchup spilling on like the the like doily kind of cover on the table. Yeah. Um, where during that, I can only describe like you you come to find out in a moment what it is, but it's like just this cacophony of different songs playing simultaneously, and it's really effective and really like strangely troubling (laughs) it it really is and like yeah like when i first watched it i was like is that just a still frame of ketchup but like you know you have to look close enough and you can see like it's slowly spilling out Mm -hmm. and i don't know how intentional this was but like you're saying it's ketchup spilling over like this nice place setting again of like rich people and it's like was the you know ketchup is it's white trash fucking condiment you know yeah is was that in, it is it yeah. is guys let's put it out there yeah but like was that intentional was it intentional to yeah. have like oh here's the white trash spilling out over the rich and destroying the rich around them like was that like you know thought through that well or were they just like ketchup it's making a mess <laughs> well i took it as like the, the the symbolism of it being like the uh um you know you can't you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't mm-hmm. put the ketchup back in the bottle yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Hey George, you've made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. Right. Like you, 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 last night you were big man in control. You were big, rich fucking guy in your mansion and, and two, you know, sexy young co-ed show up to your door and you're like, well, what the fuck? Let's do this. And now next day shit's getting real for you, bud, you know? Um, Because that's like there is this like underlying and they never really come out and say it except for like maybe once Jackson does say like. Oh, you know, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but like Jackson does at one point kind of really explicitly lay out the the kind of moral conundrum to 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 him um, that is 
obviously heavily suggested the whole time. Um, but there is all of these like very like moral and class related undertones, I guess, that aren't always aren't really almost ever explicitly said, um, but are are always, you know, just under the surface. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Don, you you go up there and you you find that uh, that uh, they're they're just playing a bunch of songs all at once on all of his various stereos and things like that. Yeah, Jackson's having a real Swans concert by herself, just <laughs> fucking noise core by herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so it's so off putting. Um, meanwhile, Donna is put on one of uh, of uh, Karen's negligees, and George really doesn't dig that. Um, and then that's when the girls are like, you know, specifically call it like we're jailbait. And then they explain that essentially they are, you know, kind of blackmailing him in some capacity. Um, and also they're like really gaslighting him really hard because they keep saying like, Hey, uh, you know, Hey, we're 15 and 17 and you're going to jail and what's your wife going to think? And what's your neighbor's going to think in your fancy neighborhood? Oh, motherfucker, all this stuff. But then they'll go like, we're just kidding. You know, yeah. we're just joking with you, George, mm-hmm. you know? So, so like it, it, it eases into it. It's like that, like you said, it's that progressive like derailment and it's like that progressive of thing of like George losing control of the situation that he thought he had full control of slowly. And then it spirals, you know, it's the, it's the catch up, you know, slowly falling out of the, you know, trickling out of the bottle kind of thing. Yeah. Also they're, do, they're doing good cop, bad cop the entire time as well. That too. Right. With like yeah. Jackson's the bad cop. And she's like, Oh George, you're going to be in so much trouble. This is it. And like Donna is also playing. She, she wavers between like, Oh yeah, George, you took advantage of me, but also I love you. I love you, daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, it gets pretty weird, but you know, a couple things happen. The cleaning lady shows up. George has to cover up for that. Um, and then that's when shit really after the cleaning lady leaves, that's when shit gets really unhinged. And the girls are just like cackling, like, like just psychotic cackles, you know? And, uh, and they're really laying it out there. Like, you're going to go to jail, you know, blah, blah, blah. And George calls their bluff and attempts to call the cops. And then they agree to leave. And, and then they're like, were you going to give us a ride? So he gives them a ride to the, uh, um, to the, to the, to the bus station. And then he goes for some groceries and the whole time in the car, they have this, like I said, this insane way of acting that they're like bullying him. Kind of like, you know what I mean? Like they just feel like they are like high school girls intensely bullying a 40 year old (laughs) man, (laughs) a 40 year old salamander man. Um, And and they're just like constantly laughing and teasing him. And uh, and and he just like doesn't know how to take it. And he's feeling like obviously very vulnerable and like. It, it, it's weird. Like, obviously, George has established himself as like a piece of shit, but you're feeling I, I wouldn't say you're feeling bad for George, but you're feeling very anxious for George. Right. You know, through the whole thing. Yeah, because it's, it's obviously just it, it's total powerlessness of mm. of like a rational person. You know, because right. like he has no rational answer for what happens next. Like the mm-hmm. Most, you know, an irrational person would just kill these women and try to bury them. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. what a rational person would do because that's the only well, way that's out. What I, yeah, and that's what I, I kept thinking was going to happen is George is going to snap, kill them, and then it's George hiding that from his family or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's not the direction it goes. He drops off the bus station. Like I said, he goes to the store like, you know, they suggest that he doesn't come straight home like he comes back with a bag of groceries or whatever. Um, and he calls his wife, you know, talks to his kids, his family's coming home tomorrow. This, I think this is another great shot, too, is like, because you don't actually see him on the phone with his family. What you see is kind of a, a, a wide panning scape of San Francisco, but it's like yeah. it's covered in fog. And it's like, kind of, I think mm-hmm. it's either it's either early morning or late day one of the two but like there's i think it's early morning because yeah they just woke up and all that yeah so there's like there's not a whole lot of light it's not a bright shot that you're seeing and so like it's just mm-hmm. it, it there's an ominousness to the shot that you're seeing of like everything's covered in fog and yeah so it's, it's a nice piece of stock footage if that's what it is or they really filmed something good one of the two <laughs> yeah the nice thing is that, oh, well, and that happens like every day in San Francisco, mm-hmm. like in oh, the yeah. morning, it's always cold and over. And then by like the afternoon, all that like fog, you know, like burns off. But yeah, it definitely because George is feeling like, oh, he's got everything under control now. He shows up back at home and he sees that someone is, is like he kind of sees out of the corner of his eyes, someone like hiding upstairs. He runs upstairs. Long story short, the girls beat him back to his house. Uh, and they jump him, mace him, and then I guess like he falls and hits his head and gets knocked out, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this and this is this is was, this is just like a concession <laughs> of like we don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, I was like, I wrote they maced him into unconsciousness. Right, I yeah. guess I don't know. <laughs> George um, George is such a a wuss. Like he's so yeah, he's just so wafy and like this little. <laughs> salamander man you may so many passes out for three hours this is, this is before um, rich people really got addicted to like doing testosterone and crossfit so <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is when rich people were really wimpy um but anyway uh you know uh they they jump and they tie him to the bed and then they just start like running amok in the house at this point like and this is where you really start to see their like really intense psychosis. And Donna's got some like really intensely deep seated daddy issues. And there's like a really uncomfortable scene about her talking about how she like she's putting him in the space of like, I guess, her stepfather, which she seduced at some point in her childhood. And uh, she tries to like blow him, but then she beats the shit out of him. And then she's like alternating between laughing hysterically and crying hysterically. It's like, it's a really pretty effective performance and really just, like I said, just unhinged, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But um, you, and you keep getting this, that, that like wild intro song that like, british ragtime kids song like just keeps coming back around which has like 37 verses to it oh my god it keeps going it's like the wheels on the bus yeah and then they keep going like they're just like they're playing dress up for like 10 minutes this is one of those scenes that's like just padding that goes on way too long although it is not one of the more boring ones like it actually is kind of entertaining they're like dressing up and being silly right but it still feels like padding it's it's one of those really weird conflicting scenes that I think is the reason why there's so much like step porn on Pornhub is because (laughs) like you have this really uncomfortable, unpleasant scene with Donna, you know, 
telling George, you know, like what she did to her stepdad, supposedly, you know, you, you don't even know mm-hmm. if that's the truth is the thing is like, right. you'll know what they're yeah, saying yeah. is the truth. But then it cuts to them playing fucking dress up and Dawn is jumping on the bed and like her tits are out and like her tits are huge. And you're like, damn. Yeah, she's got big monster mommy milk yeah. and she's like flopping around right, and you're like, and, damn that's hot and, but what just happened wasn't uh, and <laughs> none of this yeah my, like i like i'm i'm getting an inside boner like it's right. going the other way inside <laughs> of me um which is a thing that can happen mm-hmm. guys it's medical it's a medical condition if you think you're having um, an inside boner <laughs> contact your primary care physician <laughs> if your inside boner lasts more than three hours um but yeah, George, he does manage to get loose at some point as they're like dragging him down the steps. And then this scuffle ensues. Um, and then Jackson just gives him the old, you know, vase to the dome and just splits his wig with a fucking vase. And then they just pour a bunch of milk and eggs and tomatoes and shit on him from the second floor. Yeah. Uh, it's a bizarre scene. Yeah, it's it's totally bizarre, but it like you love it and. This again, I can't stress enough how much more feral uh, 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 Jackson and Donna are compared to the two women in uh, Knock Knock. Knock Knock, it feels much more devious and planned. And like, Mm -hmm. did you ever see the movie uh, Hard Candy? With, uh, yeah. No, 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 never mind. I, I was thinking of Jawbreakers when you said oh, Hard okay. Candy. Yeah, no, uh, Hard Candy was with Elliot Page, and it's it's um, it's basically it's it's kind of similar. It's like it's, they seduce basically like a, a, a you know a pedophile, and then oh yeah, I think I have seen this, but I think I'm getting scenes mixed up with like Kick Ass or whatever that movie. Sure, maybe with uh, <laughs> with Dwight Schrute in it, and and oh and no, you mean anyway. Super super yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry i'm getting i'm getting that mixed up with another movie i'm getting mixed up so i'm, I'm all fucked up yeah i get you that. yeah but yeah hard candy like in that performance El- elliot page is much more uh like devious and thought out and mm-hmm. planned through and which is mm-hmm. what not knock knock feels like it feels like they're planning through this film is and i have it written down this film feels like the dinner scene at texas chainsaw <laughs> yeah that's a good that's a good analogy it's just constant screaming and laughing and messes and breaking shit and carrying on mm-hmm. and yeah it's insane everything they're doing is strictly impulsive mm-hmm. there's nothing planned there's no mass there's no criminal masterminds here it's just them acting like deranged you know adult children Mm -hmm. yeah and then after they throw all that shit on him like cover him in flour and milk and eggs and tomatoes and all type of stuff they just like clean him up and then donna sucks his toes while he's tired to the fireplace like (laughs) it's real weird um and then donna ordered groceries question mark like and jackson's like why she's like well because we used all the groceries don't put them on him and we're we're gonna eat yeah like don is obviously fucking unhinged (laughs) he is even more like they both are but don is like the more childlike one where like jackson is a little bit more the brains of the operation Mm -hmm. you can even you can Um, even see it in the way that they've kind of settled on a dress at one point uh jackson mm -hmm. is she's wearing george's formal wear but she's like a tuxedo yeah yeah. but she's wearing like a jacket and a top hat 
And so she kind of like she looks like a circus ringmaster is what she looks like. She does. Yeah. She's wearing like the the vest and like the cummerbund, but with no shirt underneath mm-hmm. it. And then she's wearing the jacket with the tails and top hat. She's got a cane, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Um, and then Donna's got like a ball gown on, you know, for a good portion of it. Um, but yeah, they 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 uh, they bring in the 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 uh, grocery delivery boy and they pretty quickly just brain him with a fire poker <laughs> because George gets his the gag out of his mouth and yells and then they just crack his head with a fire poker and then they put him in the co- fish tank coffee table so he drowns yeah. this like, this was it, the more unbelievable part like i can kind of believe mm-hmm. that they can drag down salamander george but like yeah. this grocery delivery boy is young and big and like there's mm-hmm. a good couple minutes of them just like crawling all over him like they're pulling at him and like rather than him braining either of those women he's trying to reach george mm-hmm. who's yelling for help and it's like yeah. if somebody's yelling for help and then two other people are all over you, you don't make the connection. It's like, oh, wait, he needs help from these people. I should stop yeah. these people but, from calling and you know impeding me. <laughs> as an ex-pizza delivery boy who's been in a couple of weird situations, if two young women just started just like hanging on me, I'm going to throw them across the room and run <laughs> out of the room and turn and ba- haul ass out of yeah. that room. Um, but they like, yeah, they tend to like, yeah, they're, they are able to subdue him. And like I said, they brain him with a, with a poker, like, but he's in the other room when that happens. Yeah. Like they struggle for a while. I, I just, um, I it just, is hard. I just don't believe that he wouldn't give them the coconut crush and just bonk their heads together. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't. It's yeah. unbelievable to me. I'm and, taken and, out of the and film. Jackson. <laughs> I'm not saying that like somebody can't be, but like, 70s this you know in the 70s somebody who is jackson looks like she's about 100 pounds soaking wet mm. like uh she's not gonna like i said it's it's it's, it's a little it's a little uh, uh who knows what ha- would happen in that situation but it's uh it seems a little unbelievable but um it, overall the, the him in there it's like a pretty effective scene like at this point they're doing this like green light thing mm-hmm. That it was really a big part of it throughout the rest of 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 the movie where, you know, or at least the night scenes where where they have this like everything has this kind of green glow. And, you know, you see his head like of the kid, like in the blood going into the tank and then he, you know, the bubbles stop coming out. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty effective. Yeah. It, it's pretty well motivated, too, because if you think about like mm-hmm. they've these two girls have been just hitting this house like a tornado and like destroying mm-hmm. all the lamps and everything. So like, that's why like the backgrounds are all dark because they've break, they've broken all the lamps and you even see mm-hmm. the one lamp above George's head is actually like a table lamp that's been turned over. It's upside down, hanging above his head. And then right. You have this motivated lighting, this motivated green lighting coming out of, you know, this weird algae table fish tank thing that you know only yeah. exists in 1975 <laughs> <laughs> right it only exists in george's house um yeah but uh, i guess the the uh moral of the story is just be bigger so mm-hmm. two, two teenage girls can't kidnap you pretty much that's, yeah. what, that's where i took from this um but they uh the whole scene of them like they they do this whole like role-playing court proceedings thing goes on for for quite a while um 
And then that this is really where you get the thing that is like the first. The first like pointed like morality, the whole morality story thing where Jackson's kind of like basically for a minute, you think she's going to go really deep down. And, and, and I think I think it's good that she doesn't. But ultimately, it's her basically saying, you know, hey, you brought this on yourself kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, like almost like they're just like an act of nature kind of thing. The girls are. Yeah. Um, but, but they, they decide in their, their fake court proceedings that they're going to, George is guilty and they're going to kill him at dawn. Um, so, uh, to celebrate that Donna throws a cat through a window (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, then they, they basically are, you know, have this, this hourglass because that's again, what a tacky rich person would have is like this giant hourglass and they keep flipping it over saying like six hours till we're going to kill you five hours. till we're going to kill you four hours. We're going to kill you. Um, and you know, they've tied him up with what looks like loofahs. So like it, it seems like he's going to be able to get out of it. Um, and, but then Don is like, we should fuck before we kill you. And she unties him. So you're like, Don is unhinged. Like yeah. she's going to be the one that's going to be the downfall. But then when she lets him go, Donna, like, sh- or I'm sorry, George shoves Donna. But then again, Jackson has this unlimited supply of vases and she's deadly accurate <laughs> with them. So she cracks him again with a vase and splits his dome open. And then they act like that was the plan. Yeah, it's literally it's Which literally Jackson's it? special move is just you know vase yeah. attack. <laughs> yeah. Like if she was a Pokemon. That's her Hadouken. Yeah, if yeah. she was a Pokemon, she would come with vase attack as like a standard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like they're because I mean, like you're saying, the trial scene goes for a long time and then they taunt him for a while. And like they even even in that kind of in between taunting before George gets let let go, Donna's outside the house in the rain, like mushing her tits on the window, <laughs> you know, That's like, and she's like two hours. Yeah, buddy. yeah two hours. Then you got to get it. <laughs> and then like but this scene where and I do want to reiterate how big and lovely Donna's <laughs> boobs are. <laughs> they really are something special. Just a quick note about that. I went on to look because she looked familiar to me and I, mm-hmm. I was looking through her credits and where I recognized her from was the uh, the the Redux version of Apocalypse Now. She actually plays one mm-hmm. of the Playboy Playmates that comes in for the USO show. Uh, okay. And then the, the guys on Willard's boat wind up uh, fucking a lot of the playmates upstream in the Redux version, and that's where you can see her. Mm. Uh, mm. But I was like, I yeah, I immediately <laughs> recognized. I, I a clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's my. I've seen that movie so many freaking right. times. I immediately associated <laughs> with that. But yeah. But I, anyway, um, what I, yeah, what I was saying about like this this plot of like she's gonna seduce him again, and like I don't know what that's testing is like. You know, is it a is it a test to get him to one try to have sex with her again to prove for certain that he's you know just a slime willing to do anything to get out mm-hmm. of what you know get out of being killed or you know I don't know and the fact that he didn't just bash her head against the brick fireplace is like well you're a fool. <laughs> well, and it's it, the weird thing about it is is. It, they don't seem to have much rhyme or reason to anything they do. Mm-mm. So I find it kind of hard to believe that it's a test, but after they do it, she's 
Jack, one of them, I don't remember who, says basically like, they always take the bait, don't yeah. they? Or something like that. So like it was a, but they're always just like playing tricks. Like they're just bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're always just trying to entertain themselves. So, but like why would Donna put herself in harm's way? But she doesn't yeah. care. You know, they're obviously it's, fucking maniacs. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to tell if they, if they how motivated this is. And again, it's like it's comparing it to knock knock where they're much more devious and like it seems more thought out what they're up to. And that like this mm-hmm. is like what they're doing is just a morality test always. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it could be just like the morality test comes at the very beginning where, you know, whether or not you choose to have sex with the sirens, you know, do you yeah. have sex with the sirens? OK, well, then now you have to go through this torment. If not, right. maybe they leave, maybe they don't. I don't that's the thing. You don't know what happens when you, you know, rebuff them and say, get your clothes on and get out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or you mace them. Right. <laughs> These women came into my house and got naked, so I maced them. <laughs> they got naked, so I pepper sprayed them. Um if I had a nickel for every time I had to yeah. do that. Get out of here. Um, get out of here, harlots. Stop trying to trick me. Get out. You you get out of here. Stop trying to tempt Suck me. Suck you by. <laughs> so then there's this like extended scene of of donna and jackson sitting across from each other eating food in a silly way and then fucking yeah um each other this was the gratuitous scene i was talking about that was boring Mm -hmm. because also you can just tell it's like it's edited wrong because like the way their makeup and everything is is from previous in the film whereas like the last time we just saw them in the scene before like donna's makeup is smeared all over her face like she's mm-hmm. almost in blackface the way she smeared her eyeshadow all over her cheeks and everything yeah. and like right jackson is adopted some new line art or whatever but this is like from yeah she previous where they're just we're gonna do food things for a bit and it's like eh, yeah eh, whatever it seemed like a weird place to put it in, yeah. and yeah, it just it was a hundred percent padding. And and this is the the t- the first time in the movie, you know, aside from like the gratuitous softcore sex earlier, where I was just like, a lot of time has passed without anything really happening mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Um, but the you know, like I said, Donna, this is when Donna's outside doing the two more hours thing with her with her big boobs outside. Like she's outside doing mm-hmm. it through the bay window and like Jackson thinks it's hilarious. They just feel like kids doing dumb shit at a sleepover, but they're like torturing somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Um so they wake him up by just smashing shit and going like, Wake up, George, it's time to kill you. <laughs> and they've got a cleaver. Like a big ass fucking butcher's cleaver. And they act like they're going to chop his head off. And they do this big like countdown thing to cutting his head off. And then they don't. And then George just like lays there and like whimpers like a bitch. (laughs) And then they just go JK and run out the door. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We were just kidding. Bye, George. And they just run out the door. And George is like, like I said, just laying there wimpling, whimpering as the girls literally just walk out the front door and they're just for the next couple of minutes, just strolling down the street. One of them's wearing a ball gown. The other one's wearing a tuxedo. And they're just like happy go lucky, just joking and grab ass and down the street. And. Then an SBCA van comes out of nowhere and squashes them both credits. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's so bonkers. It's so insane. Uh, why an SPCA van? And like, and they they made it very, very evident that that was a that was a very intentional choice yeah. because not only does it say in big giant like poorly painted letters, amateur painted letters, SPCA on the side of their van, but also. They have like it's like a freeze frame ending of the girls being hit by the van and they have like the sound of dogs barking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck just happened? Well, uh, I mean, so I I think and, and, and this goes to the the standard of endings are hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah endings are hard to write but i think so they wanted to end on maybe something of a silly up note or something something where the these women get their comeuppance because it's right. the 70s you can't really just have a film you know end with george wallowing in the even worse fate you know the fate that's worse than death you know he has to like wallow with himself and then explain to who his wife, why his house is destroyed, why he's tied mm -hmm. up, you know, why the cat is through a window and dead. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the yeah, the cat yeah. was just such an afterthought. Why, you know, he ate so much pizza right. by himself. Why is there eggs and tomato all over the floor? Like what why any yeah. of this? Why are my fucking clothes out of my closet and all over the ground? Why does it smell like strange mm -hmm. pussy in here? Why any of it? Like <laughs> Our bargain, our Shay Lounge in the office smells like pussy. Why? <laughs> so he has to. Why, George? Yeah, Why? So like, that's a terrible fate for him, and you know, a fate worse than death. But you can't end the film on that. So they do the SPCA gag because mm -hmm. Donna killed the cat, and they killed all the fish. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it could be the fact that they, yeah, they killed the pet. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's literally just a stupid joke about. The fact that they killed the animals, that's why they get punished. <laughs> like George, you know, them doing all the things they did to George, not not uh, that's not important. Right. But the fact that they hurt the animals, that's why they get yep, run down. That's all it is. Yeah, I think I think, I think it's just right. that funny little bit of brilliance of like, had they just kept it to George, it's OK. But they killed the cat <laughs> and killed the fish and like, nope. It's almost like a weird fourth wall breaking thing a little bit. You it know? totally is because like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the music has reverted back to that, uh, that fucking daddy song. And yeah, but the van comes out of fucking nowhere. And it, like you said, it, <laughs> it's even like sped up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's sped it's, up footage. The whole thing happens. And honestly, half a it's, second. It's so surprising. Like, it's so fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's so surprising. I couldn't have predicted it. You like you literally can't predict it. It's like a great jump scare ending because you don't know that's going to happen. And then it's the sound uh, of dogs over the credits. And it's like, all right. <laughs> it is so silly and fun and dumb and wild. Yeah. Um, and if you have not seen Death Game 1977, a 1,000% worth a watch. This is a, when I put on a movie from 1977 this is exactly what i want <laughs> this is exactly what i'm looking for absolutely um so 
in any case, guys, that is uh, that is Death Game 1977. It is currently streaming on Shutter. It's probably some other places, uh, but uh, just another excuse to go out there. Hey, Shutter, sponsor us. We talk about your fucking movies all the time. Um, not that it's a Shutter exclusive or anything, but it is. Uh, it's a cool movie, and I don't know where else it's sh- it's streaming. So. All right, guys, Um, don't forget uh, two things. One, join us next week as we do our bad scenes. I'm sorry, good scenes in bad movies episode. And as a reminder, if you want to watch the movies that we're going to talk about or we're going to talk about specific scenes from these movies, um, go watch Holidays from 2016. That's going to be Anthony, our guest uh, from uh, They Call This a Movie, uh, who's going to join us next week. He's going to talk about that movie. Steve's going to just get himself an eight ball plop down and rip through maximum overdrive from, did we ever establish 1987, 1986, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Um, you know, where trucks destroy everything. And then I am going to give you a little M night Shyamalan. We're going to talk about 2008's the happening. So go check those out. Join us next week as we talk about some scenes in those movies. And then also don't forget, Go on the old Patreon, Halloween. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. And if you get over there on that rascal tier at $5 a month, you can hear uh, just recently released our very first episode of our Patreon exclusive podcast, Family is Forever, where Steve makes me watch all the Fast and the Furious movies <laughs> uh, once a month. And we're going to talk about those. So um, I hate it. Anything else? Nah, man, that's it. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> All's, All's well. well. All's well that ends. All's well that ends well, guys. All right, for the Halloween's Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm Pizza Boy who gets stuck in an aquarium. Mm, mm. Could be stuck in worse places if you're George. I don't know what I <laughs> oh, meant by that. Oh, All you right, did, bye. You know what? No, no, wait. I did have one thing. Don't end this episode. All right, go ahead. I had, I had one right, note I didn't get to. And this right, this ahead. note was, if there was a remake of Death Game in the 90s starring Jennifer Connelly, I would have ripped my dick off <laughs> how much I pounded <laughs> off to it. <laughs> and on that note, guys, see ya, bye. bye. <laughs>